Good late evening to you. It is Saturday, September 30th at 11.29 p.m. It's barely uh, still Saturday. Your Purdue Boilermakers are homecoming 2023 champions after beating the Fighting Illini 44-19. A big resounding victory, a, a bit of a thrashing at the hands of your Boilermakers. Something I didn't see coming uh, before the game. Something I didn't see coming at halftime even. I'm going to tell you my thoughts of it. Of the, the big stories that, that I saw um, in here in a moment. But first, let me thank our sponsors. Thank you. Um, thank you to our friends at AJ's. Our buddies, Adam and Jake. Uh, boy, if you go over there, they're going to treat you right. You should go over there. But before you go, go to eatajs.com. Grab, uh, grab some... Grab some of the delicious uh, pub fare and a brew and watch some games when you're on campus. And uh, if you're looking for gear, you can't find Nike gear here, but if you want to get good stuff, none of this stuff with the swoosh, but the real deal, head over to Home Field Apparel, pick out the things you want, enter Boiled23 at checkout. You'll get 15% off your first purchase. Pretty good deal. Um, thank you to those who are tuning in live. Appreciate you here. It's late. Uh, as you can see by my face, right, oh, right here. That's sunburn. That's just baby sunburn. I had a hat on. I had sunglasses. Um, and so I went. I was at the game. I have some sunburn to prove it. Um, it was a fun atmosphere. Again, I, I sit right near the student section. The students were awesome. Uh, there are some people, some of the oldies, uh, people in my age group, who have complained on different boards about the placement of the Ross Aid Brigade, but I won't do that because they're right near me. They're loud. They are consistent. Only one, I will say this, if, if I do have a student or two listening, I hope I have more than a student or two listening. Right at the end of the first half, I don't know what you guys were doing. You guys like took a nap um, and the half was not over. Uh, Got to keep your foot on the gas, ladies and gentlemen. Boy, am I sunburned on my lips. I did not realize how bad it was. Sun was just right in your face. It was a wild... Um, Indiana summer uh, weather day, if you, if you aren't in Indiana, it was hot. Um, the game kicked off at 3.30 p.m., and it was blazingly hot if you were on the uh, east side of the stadium, which I am when I, when I go to games. Um, it was, I mean, it was like punishingly sunny. Uh, I don't, it was very weird. I did not expect today to be that warm of a day, but um, it felt a lot like the first game of the year. It's that type of heat. Um, a lot of players on both sides of the ball were cramping up all day. Uh, in addition to cramping up, Illinois had a lot of, felt like they had a lot of injuries to contend with. It seemed like about every fifth or sixth offensive play, there'd be a guy having to go off with his tra trainers. A couple guys got hurt, looked like um, season ending or long-term injuries. Um, Purdue left with one major injury, I believe, and that was Max Clare, the, the second string tight end, or, you know, 1A one, one and 1B tight end. Uh, he had a gnarly uh, knee uh, hyper, uh, what do you call it? A knee hyperextended um, injury, hyperextension. Looked really bad when it happened, if you're watching. That would happen right in front of us, and it kind of looked like the turf monster grabbed him. And then you see the replay, and you're like, oh, no. Uh, he's an important part of the offense, and um, it looked like he might have gotten a non-contact ACL injury. Thank God it was not that. Um, Hyperextension is no picnic, but I think he can be back in a few weeks from my understanding, my deep understanding of medical um, uh, the medicine, the, the sports medicine world. It's very deep. I know, I know a lot of stuff about uh, 
sports injury. No, I don't. But I do know that that's better than an ACL, of course. Uh, uh, hyperextension, I don't think he'll have any tears. That's all good to hear. Um, there are a couple other things that injury that, that bother you. You know, you had the little scare with Burks early in the game where the Illinois defensive back came up, completely uh, lit him up. Uh, it was a targeting. It held. Um, he was out of the game. Burks um, didn't get concussed because he kind of got himself off the turf, came back. He was in three plays later, played a great game, had some amazing plays. Uh, he had He really showed off his speed on one of the – uh, one of the runs where it looked like he had two Illinois players with the angle. He found a way to not only beat him to the pylon, but um, I was just, if you watch that play live, uh, it was noteworthy because it showed just how much breakaway speed he has. He has track type speed um, when he's in shoulder pads and a helmet. And uh, that, was a, that was a great play. A lot of Purdue's weapons were on display today. I'll talk a little bit about that. That was refreshing to see. Um, and then there was a little scare, I believe, if I have written down my notes. Um, Tyrone Tracy had a little uh, injury scare where it looked like he might be hurt. And he popped back up, came out, came back in a few, t- uh, few plays later. Same with um, uh, Miller. He had a, a similar type of thing where it looked like his knee that had been surgically repaired might be injured. And he, it looked like it was his left knee. I, I, I wasn't watching on TV again. Uh, I saw the replay, didn't like what I saw. And he was back in two, three plays later. So all the major stuff that you thought might happen with injury, I think Purdue avoided a bunch of bullets, which is great. Any game uh, that where you're playing, hitting guys hard, there's going to be injuries. But Purdue escaped mostly unscathed. Bigger than that, um, bigger than walking away healthy, is uh, it's a huge deal, especially in Big Ten play. But there were so many nice subplots in this one, right? You had the... Uh, uh, Walt versus uh, Bert battle, which which is a lot of fun. That's why I put that that picture on the title here because that was a big deal. You show the contrast of men. It's been a rough transition for both sides, right? I think we can say that. I think everybody, you could agree with that. It hasn't really helped Illinois, and Purdue hasn't gotten their feet under them yet as a program. You know, the Virginia Tech win was good, but I said last week on the Handsome Hour, I just think the only thing you can draw is that Virginia Tech's not very good. Of course, Virginia Tech thrashed Pitt tonight. Um, there's no transitive property in sports, but they weren't showing many signs of life. The dynamic quarterbacks that Purdue had played this season kind of owned the Purdue defense. They found ways to be wizards with the ball. And Syracuse, right, you do all this weird looking at other games, other teams. Syracuse got beaten up by Clemson tonight. I thought they would play very well. I thought they might beat Clemson. They did not. They didn't compete. I think they lost by 17, uh, and they were at the, uh, the former Carrier Dome. It's uh, it's now a cell phone carrier, I believe. But um, they had a bad day. But still, all those quarterbacks, whether it was uh, Fresno State, Syracuse, um, or what was the last one? My brain's not working right now. They were um, – Purdue's defense had a big, big trouble stopping the option read and if the quarterback kept it and got outside, Purdue was in trouble. And right away, first play from line of scrimmage, Illinois says, hey, this will work against this defense. Smart usage of film. And Purdue's defense was nowhere to be found as Illinois' quarterback kept the ball and ran for about 45 yards. It felt like, oh, crap, we're in for it again. The difference between the other games and this one is not only did Purdue kind of stiffen up. I think they did stiffen up right away. I think they held my memory serves correctly, they held Illinois to just a field goal. And they did that a couple times where Illinois would get all the way down deep into Purdue territory and then the defense would 
would start pinning their ears back, doing what they're better at, um, and uh, stop Illinois from getting paydirt. Purdue also on offense, so it wasn't just defense doing doing some things, stiffening up, playing well, but the offense was playing well too. But at the end of the second quarter, at the end of the first half, it really felt like two somewhat evenly matched bad teams playing each other. And coming into the game, I believe that's the way I thought of these two teams. I thought, okay, these two teams are similar. Purdue can come away with a victory, maybe should come away with a victory because it's at home, because it's homecoming. That emotional boost should matter. Uh, a full stadium or very, 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 very near full Rossade Stadium should matter. But we haven't seen that make a difference this year. So I kind of had a prove-it mentality. I was like, okay, Boilers, let's, let's, let's see what you got. Let's see if you can, you can dig deep and, and uh, go get the victory. The second half was, it's like the tale of two games, right? The second half was incredible. Purdue, in all facets of the game, played better. They didn't have any of the woes that they had in the first half. Of course, they had a, um, a missed point after touchdown where um, uh, the ball was kicked about three feet off the ground. It was blocked. Um, that type of thing starts making you think, wow, these teams are, are just not very disciplined. Purdue has a long way to go right now. In the second half, they were, they were dialed in. Offensively, defensively, even special teams look good when you needed a big play, when you needed a... Um, for instance, Purdue got pinned back. They were, I think, on the one after a tackle for a loss, and then they needed a good punt. And um, they come right in, and they... 51-yard punt, I believe. If I'm, I'm not looking at stats, but stuff like that, um, where you have complementary football. And that's something that Walters has been looking for all season. They got it today, and they got it in a big way in the second half. So here's some of the things that I thought were interesting. Before I go over some of the stats, I'll tell you the things, some stories that I thought were interesting. One of them, play calling on offense. Uh, finally got a little fresh. Finally got a little inventive. Purdue had two or three drives. Late middle third quarter into the fourth quarter, where all of a sudden you were seeing things being mixed up. Good things happening. Um, a lot of different players getting the ball. Um you were seeing Purdue's speed on display on the outside again. Purdue was really, and Harold specifically, I have been one of his detractors thus far. I have fairly been critical, I believe. Harold had some some play calls in that, that stanza that, was, that were extremely, extremely impressive. I love the way they were mixing it up. Another thing we saw is Purdue was really trying to stretch the field. I think they thought they had an advantage on the outside. So you saw a lot more attempts for deep ball, which kept... Illinois out and back on their heels, and then it opened up running lanes. That's a lot like the Virginia Tech game where Purdue's line simply kind of grinded down the opponent, and all of a sudden you're seeing these lanes open up. When I say lanes, again, these were paths for anybody to run through, but Tracy specifically and Maccabee, they both took advantage of it. I believe they, they both averaged around five yards a carry. I'm going to look at the stats here in a second to back up my theory, but... Maccabee, again, lost a fumble, and one really positive to me is that Walters kind of held him accountable by not playing for a little bit. Downing came in, had a great run, got a touchdown, put in, put it in the end zone. But then Maccabee came back, and he had some really, really good runs. I think it's going to be important to have all three of these running backs tuned in if there's any chance for Purdue to reach six wins. And there is a path now, guys and girls. There is a path for Purdue to get to six wins, and it's not crazy talk now. Beating Illinois today, it's a game that you, like I said, 
maybe should win. And then they went out there and they left no doubt. Winning 44 to 19 to a team that seems to be coming in somewhat evenly matched. Purdue was the 13th best defense in the league. Illinois was the 14th. Pretty dog awful. Both teams were right in the middle offensively. I think Purdue was a little higher. Illinois was a little lower. Both teams were kind of like, okay, they're okay, Rhett, right? Hudson Card, I think, had shown flashes that he's probably a better quarterback than Illinois. And Card today left no doubt. Even though I think Card had two interceptions and Purdue lost one fumble. So Purdue comes away with, they lose the turnover battle, <clears throat> three to one. And they still absolutely throttle Illinois. At one point in the game, early in the third quarter, maybe late in the second quarter, a friend of mine, he says, the real big difference in this game is Purdue receivers are making the catches on the outside and Illinois' receivers are not. And not only were Illinois' receivers dropping the ball, because they dropped a couple bunnies right in the breadbasket, good passes, but, they, but their quarterback also missed two or three wide-open opportunities. Earlier on that first drive, the one where... Um, the quarterback keeper took the ball 45 yards. Later, there was a seam route from the tight end. Purdue was nowhere to be found. Wide open tight end, pretty much just jogging in the end zone. The quarterback misses him by five, seven yards. There's another one later, another wide open gimme of a play that he couldn't make the pass on. That stuff really mattered, and it really mounted up, really mounted up against Illinois quickly, and it was like a deluge before they knew it. They were in big Big troubles, trouble at the end of the game. Um, let's see, D getting off the field. That was another big one. At, at one point late in the game, Illinois was 0 for 9, I believe, on third down. That is a huge stat, and that is such massive improvement from all games. Even Virginia Tech game where um, uh, where Purdue did a pretty good job getting off the field. I think they, they allowed, it was like, I want to say 4 for 12, maybe. No, maybe it was more than, closer to half of the third down conversions against Virginia, Virginia Tech. They were not allowing that today versus Illinois. That was a big deal. Illinois did have a couple fourth down conversions, and they were in four down territory a lot longer and deeper into the game because the game was pretty much out of hand. Um, but getting off the field is a big deal, and that, that's, a huge, that's a huge testament to the, uh, the defensive improvement for this week. Now, we'll see if this is improvement that we're seeing. Actually, is the defense starting to click? Is the system starting to make sense to these players? Or is it just playing a lesser opponent? Like um, Grant, I think, said in comments on one of the one of the podcasts recently, said, "Remember, Purdue's uh, the record of their opponents opponents thus far is eleven and one or twelve and one at that point coming in to this week before this week, and then you play a team that is not at that level." Like I said, first half Purdue looked solid. Second half they looked resoundingly good. That's a that's a big improvement. Let's see. One other thing I had is here. Uh, like I said, solid start, and then end the thing with a boom. Um, one one big neat subplot. I think something a lot of Purdue fans have been looking for to happen um, was uh, Yanni Karloftis's big day. His is kind of um, you know this is his breakout game. He had eight tackles and one sack. And one thing, if you watch Karloftis, if you want to be critical of a player, of an individual. I think in that case, you'd say this guy just looks like he's not all the way baked. He's not ready for big time, big 10 play. He's not quite as strong as a lot of the guys on the field. But there's a reason he's out there. There's a reason uh, Walters, Kane, and company believe that he, be he belongs on that field. He showed it today. He had a huge, a huge tackle on fourth down where everybody was packed in. They need somebody to make the play. 
He shed his block. He gets in the backfield quickly, and he drops the guy. That was a big deal. He also had his first sack of, the, of, the, of his career, I think, if not just second, but definitely first sack of the season. But eight tackles in a sack, that's a big deal. Um, and that's, to me, maybe Yanni Karloftis is a microcosm of this defense, right? You're going to you're gonna have to grow with them, right? They're gonna, they need to get better to, to be what they look like they could be. But they showed some glimmers of uh, of hope, glimmers of light today. Let me look at the the stats real quickly here. I know I tend to go. Well, I'm 16 minutes in already. Haven't even hit the stats. But like I said, Purdue is now uh, two and three. They they beat Illinois on home, coming four, 44 to 19 resoundingly. Illinois drops to two and three. Hudson Card solid day, 18 to 26, 217 yards. It felt like he had a lot more yards than that. Um, because there were a lot of near catches uh, on those deep passes. He was throwing good balls. He threw them a lot of times. He's throwing a, uh, a go route, and he's forcing it into where the defensive back, he's there. But it was just single coverage. It wasn't a necessarily a dangerous pass. So I kind of like what they were doing. What they're trying to do, like I said, is keep the defense honest. Card, a solid day. Not a great day, solid day. And he's, he's been like this, right? He's been 200 to 250 yards uh, passing. Um, it's, this, this isn't uh, out of place really at all, but if they start connecting on some of those deep balls, if they play a team that has some defensive backs struggle a little bit more than Illinois, uh, they could make some hay. Um, Tyrone Tracy led all rushers. He had 21 carries. I mean, that's significant deal. Um, he played like a workhorse back he was he's now the number one back there's no doubt about that uh 21 carries 112 yards 5.3 yards average uh, average per carry a touchdown Devin Mockaby 14 carries 67 yards uh 4.8 yards rushing Dylan Downing four carries 30 yards 7.5 yards average rushing card negative three because he got sacked a couple times but let's look at something i think there's the the maybe the best stat here maybe one of the the good stats is the balance right if you look at how many times purdue ran the ball that's a big deal i think this is the way that these coaches want to play so you the the team ran the ball for uh 45 yard uh, 45 carries and 26 pass attempts i think this coaching staff i think this offensive staff i think Graham Harrell would prefer more balance. He'd prefer to see Purdue successfully run. And the offensive line, again, just like the Virginia Tech game, they really wore them down. This looked like a Big Ten offensive line, and uh, hats off to them. Uh, the stupid penalties were gone, I believe. I don't have the, all the stats in front of me, partial stats, but very a much more sound game the really the only big gripe if you're going to give the team a big gripe it's the three turnovers that's 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 kind of a big deal uh receivers uh, like i said burks looked like a uh what is what the team they call him a um well, a superhero but a uh there's they, i mean they call him he's like a superhuman guy because he's so quick he his his speed was on display he had an amazing catch down the left sideline uh, where he was completely extended. Awesome play. Um, you had Yassin again, two two receptions, 35 yards, second receiver. But Garrett Miller, this was really positive. He had two receptions, 31 yards receiving, and a touchdown. And one of his, that seam route where he caught the touchdown, he looked like he looked like a big-time player. And he also had that cross uh, from right to left. Uh, he looked like, he looked the part. And so that's good. Maybe he's getting close to 100%. Awesome to see. Like I said, hopefully Max clears back quickly. Um, but this was a more complete 
Purdue offensive effort than we've seen this year. So Nusi Kane leads all teams, uh, the whole team, uh, with nine tackles. He had a sack. He is so. We we had a discussion where I said, at one point you have three or four safeties on the field, right? Guys that have played safety for much of their career. And really only one of them is playing safety, and that's Thieneman, right? Thieneman came up to the line of scrimmage more today. That's a promising thing for me to see. Uh, for me, uh, I, I, maybe some of you guys love the 25, 30-yard drop safety every play, but I think it's got to be time and space. There's got to be a time to bring him up, and they showed that they did that. There was some flexibility in the play calling on defense as well. That was a big deal. But So you have Kane, a former strong safety, right? Thieneman, a freshman. Right. And of course, Cam Allen. So you have three safeties right there. One of them playing safety. Cam Allen struggled at times playing corner, but he had some pretty good plays. He also had some uh, uh, he can make plays if he, he, he should have come up with an interception. I think one hit him in the hands that he didn't catch. He was super close. Um, but the defense, like I said, they were complimentary with the offense. That's a big deal. And then Thieneman had just seven tackles. Um, Thieneman has been rock solid. He's. He's an excellent tackler. He's, he must be in just tremendous shape, too. The amount of reps he plays and the way he plays them where he's coming downhill to make the tackle over and over and over. Every play is running 25, 30 yards on a dead sprint. Incredible. So thanks to everybody. we got a ton of people tuning in live. Really appreciate it. Um, if I can go through these. Sam Lovejoy says, great boiler win. Huge boiler win. It probably, for the fans, maybe even more than the players, because it makes all of us believe that there's, there's a lot of hope here, that things can get pretty magical if, uh, if, thing, if you get the personnel in the right place. But this season, I will talk about it on a Handsome Hour at 9 p.m., the three of us, Anish, Jay, and I will talk about it Monday at 9 p.m. Um, there's a, a very logical path to six wins, and I'm sure you see it if you've looked at the schedule. I'm positive you see it, especially if you're what you've watched college football today. You could even well, I don't want to get too far in it. I don't want to give you I just give you a little taste though. There there is a path, and it's somewhat logical to six wins. So uh, even without, let's pretend for a second you don't you don't pull any Jeff Brom heroics where you uh, beat a team that's in the top two. You don't need to do that to get to six wins. And this team, boy, I tell you what. The biggest thing this team needs is time together and reps and practice and extra bowl practice would behoove this bunch a lot. All right, back to the live comments here. Uh, let's see, a lot of points. Uh, MHC says a lot of points, yeah. 44 points, that's an explosion. I think they've been averaging right in the mid-20s. That's a big deal. Uh, Nate Anderson says, how about Burks? Yeah, Burks was awesome. Uh, he played great. He was huge. I think I got to that. Um, let's see, let's go. Greg McMahon says, hello, hello. Um, Boilerman is going to take the trip to Kinnick. I believe next week is the game at Iowa. Purdue has uh, been pretty successful versus Iowa, especially under Jeff Brom. We don't really know how this is going to work out, right? Will Purdue's mastery of Iowa continue? Uh, I, I think I think it's fair to say, let's let's wait and see, but... But Iowa struggled mightily today versus Michigan State at home. They had cool uniforms on again. No, no yellow pants. They wore the black pants again. But, yeah, Iowa struggling a bit. I apologize for my voice. I, it's annoying me, so if it's annoying you, I apologize. Uh, Handle Jones, two things. 
biggest part of the game was the defense not allowing Illinois to score uh, after they punted uh, from their one. That was a big, that was big, I think I talked about the punt. Two, Walters uh, didn't look satisfied after the game. I like that a lot. And I haven't seen post-game comments, full admission. I haven't watched anybody's pressers, where coaches, either team. I will watch Illinois. I will watch Purdue's. I will watch the players. I might watch tonight. Um, and I haven't, and I can't wait to see the Monday presser with Walters. I think it'll be great. Um, according to my brother, uh, Belima had a 20-minute session where he told how much he's done for all of his assistants who have gone on to bigger, better things. And I'm not a fan of this guy, um, but I'm really not a fan if you can't be gracious and say, yeah, the, I hired good guys. They went on, they earned the role, and they became head coaches. Um, among arrogant coaches, he finds a way to look more arrogant. Um, kind of like you know, Lane Kiffin's a different sort of arrogance, but it's pretty special to be that. That's rare to be that arrogant. Q, Q Turner says, uh, be Dowd. Give it to Walters. Uh, he made many changes. They worked. OC and DC both. Yeah. Um, awesome job by the coaches. No doubt. This was this was um, by far the coaches' best game. Much better. Virginia Tech is a pretty good game because it's so hard with all that weirdness that was happening with the rain delay. But this game was super impressive for the coaches. I, I, I Like I said, Harrell, um, I've been his detractor. The play calling was awesome. Defensive play calling was more fluid. They reacted more, except for that one, that first drive, right? The first half of that first drive where they allowed that big run. Really solid game for the defense, too. Awesome job for the coaches. Uh, Jim Garfinkel. Uh, so was Kane calling the D and Walters sending in the plays, or was Kane the eyes in the sky and Walters calls the game? So from what I understand, unless it's changed in the last few weeks, it's Kane's game to call. And then if Walt sees something that he disagrees with or something he wants to uh, interject, he will tell. Maybe they changed it, and maybe you guys saw something on TV that I couldn't see. But from what I understand, it's still Kane's game to call. I'll find out more um, when I watch the, pre the, the presser stuff. So, yeah, Boilerman says doubt MD. Yeah, exactly. My medical knowledge is very, very, uh, it's astronomical. Um, let's see, Mohill93, another great road-traveling boiler, says, uh, so I'm jogging the sideline a bit. Don't know what you're talking about. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about, you must be talking about Max Clare. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, and I did not see that, and I was really looking for that. I was looking for that, and I was looking to see where Miller was after he went down with his knee, and he was kind of up right away uh, during timeouts and uh, milling around. I was like, that's a good sign. But... It's really good to hear, hear Claire is doing well. Um, let's see. Uh, Handel Jones says, Greg, he was mad about mock fumbling. Yes, yeah, so we've got an internal debate, and you heard a little preview of it um, during the Handsome Hour last week. And some of the boiled sports, and I think we're split. Well, I don't know where Anish is on this, but I can tell you, I'm a mock fan. I think Maccabee, if Maccabee were the featured back again, I think he'd be fine, but he's got to get rid of this fumble problem. If you watch him the second half, he made adjustments in the second half that – he was covering when he saw a uh, contact company coming. That's a big deal. He's covering up with both arms. He needs to do that all the time. He needs to become a habit because on that fumble early, um, the ball was way out. And he was making a great second effort to get a couple more yards. But as the old uh, you know, co co uh, coaching adage, right, saying you have a chicken wing with the ball out there, it's really easy to fumble. So they can punch it out. You can just lose it. You can squirt out, whatever. 
Um, so he made adjustments. That's promising to me. I still think Maccabi can be a featured back again. He's already proven himself, in my opinion. Just got to get rid of these fumbles. Not all the boiled sports staff um, believes that. You heard Jay Money talk about it, I think, on the Handsome Hour. But those guys need to defend themselves, and I can defend my stance pretty easily just by saying, look back. Look what Maccabi did last season. He's proven he can be the featured back. He can be the one. I have no problem with Tracy being the one, by the way. Especially this season. I think this is his final season at Purdue. I don't know anything with COVID eligibility and all the madness in college football, but I believe um, giving Tracy the, the nod at number one, I have no issues with it. But I know Maccabi has the goods to be the featured back again. And so I would I will defend that to anybody. Let's see. Andrew Lincoln also knows that I was a doctor. Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll keep going with my spitting my med, medical knowledge. Um, uh, Jim Garfinkel says, still Illinois O-line is weak and depleted, but at least we exploit it. Yeah, they, they, they look depleted, and they were going down. That's the thing. That was, that was a lot like Purdue's first game where they were dropping like flies. I'm sure you saw that on TV. I know we saw it in the stadium live. Um, they were depleted coming in, and they had a hard time with injuries and cramps, uh, calf cramps, you know, quad cramps, whatever, all day. Uh, it was good to see Purdue um, uh, come through and exploit a team that was not at 100%. Let's see. Um, Q Turner says, beside Devin Fumble, we did much better taking care of the football. Proud, Yeah, they did. They did, um, especially running the ball. Uh, like I said, much improvement. The weird thing, and I am the stats say that Hudson Card, Hudson Card had 200. Uh, wait, no, that's wrong. I was wrong about that. I read that wrong. Yeah, so yeah, one turnover lost. I apologize. Everything my house of cards was built on sand. Um, yeah, one turnover, and uh, Hudson Card played, played a solid game. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened in my brain there. I apologize to everybody. Um, Let's see. A lot of comments from Jim and um, Q and oh Ben. Uh, ben says uh, Ben Kolodzinski says, "Have you seen Purdue beat a team with speed like they did today? Seems rare." Um, sure, we've seen that. I mean, I, I'd say yeah. But here's the whole thing. I think we're all saying this season, right? This version of the uh, of Purdue doing that that was a big deal. Um, Purdue's speed on the outside offensively is really noteworthy to me. I keep saying that. I will keep saying that. It looks better in person than it has to me. And I, I know Purdue's had great receivers, right? Obviously, you've got more in Bell just in the recent in our recent memory. But the speed all over the field is noteworthy. And the thing that's kind of rough about that speed is sometimes it feels like Hudson Card forgets about some of those guys, specifically Sheffield. He doesn't get the ball thrown his way ever, and I would love to see that. I'm glad he's returning punts because he at least get the ball in his hands. But there's speed all over the field. Uh, coming out of the backfield and on the outside, there's a lot of speed on this Purdue team. Um, let's see. I'm going to go down here at the bottom. I'm going to scroll down. Nate Hartman, good to see you today. Um, uh, let's see. Oh, hi again. Exactly. Nate and I, had, we sit right near each other. It's awesome. Um, and so it, we had a good time today. And it went from, I know I felt really sarcastic in the first half, to progressing to being, all right, okay, there's some good things happening. Um, very, very good things happening. Fun day. Um, we got a good group of people. Like our group, my block of eight, my family and friends, it's like, you know, that's the group that I love watching these people. But all the neighbors, man, gosh, we got a good group in that 105, don't we, Nate? So um, let's see. Uh, Tim Satiro says, "Glad Mockaby bounced back. The fumbles have been tough, 
but we'll need him to in Big Ten play. Yeah, absolutely. I think he's essential. Um, I I think Purdue, Purdue needs all these weapons, right? There's there's um, there's a way that I could see Harrell doing what he did today in some upcoming games, uh, some big games, and uh, really getting creative with this. They, we haven't even scratched the surface in what can be done. There's there's a lot of things, even third and short guys that Purdue could improve upon and become really, really deadly here. I think if you see, my, my brother said this, and if you put Tyrone Tracy, if you put him as a wildcat, that's going to be really tough to stop. Or if you come up and get this, you know, have have uh, have card in the shotgun, but then split out card. Do it one or two times, right? And let's see let's see what Tyrone Tracy can do with a direct snap. Um, there's a lot of ways for this Purdue offense to go with all these weapons. They are spread out all over the field. Um, Harold showed us the first big step offensively in play calling. There's even more steps, bigger steps coming, I think. Melissa Hunt says, uh, well, it was definitely putting in calls for the defense in third and fourth quarters for sure. Okay, that's good. Uh, I didn't know that. Appreciate the info. And I look forward to watching the game on Peacock. By the way, I got in a discussion, and I know I'm over 30 minutes. Uh, I apologize. Or thank you to everybody who's still tuning in. But um, – if you don't get Peacock, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't work for Peacock. I don't get a cent from Peacock. But to me, that is such a bargain, especially if Purdue is going to, if they're going to get downgraded to Peacock because of a couple early losses, this is an easy service to turn on and turn off. So if you're, if you're apprehensive because Big Ten Plus, BTN Plus, which is a dog, horrible product, it's awful, okay? Well, this is a good product because the HD is awesome. The production value is awesome. The play-by-play guys are okay. I mean, you can mute. You can do that any day. But this is a really good product. And um, if you have a problem with Purdue being on, on Peacock, I get it. If you don't want to pay for another streaming service, I get it. But this is not like BTN Minus where you turn it on and then you get nothing. And then it's hard to turn it off. This is really simple. Really simple. And I've turned it on and off because of IndyCar over and over. So just my two cents. Take it for what it's worth. Um, Mark Garrity says, uh, seems strange. Mock is fumbling. Wasn't an issue last year. Uh, I'm sure it can get fixed. He is still a weapon to have on offense. Yeah. And that's what uh, LBD brought that up in one of the um, one of the handsome hours about how I think Mock had one fumble last year, one fumble lost. And then in one game he has two. And it's kind of thing now it can be cured it can be cured and if you get rid of you eliminate those fumbles you've got a one-two punch there that's excellent um and i think they i think you can get rid of them i have faith in it um melissa Hunt says yeah he can't be featured back if he doesn't hold the ball there's no doubt about that there's no doubt and and you have to hold him accountable and i think walt did a pretty good job holding him accountable but the great news is he allowed him to get back in, especially into that game. One thing I would have liked to see, tell me if you guys disagree in the comments or in whatever, is I would have liked to seen, with like six minutes left, I would like to have seen Card pulled from the game and seen one of the one of the other quarterbacks. That game was in hand. You don't have to have him pass or pass much, but just get in there, hand the ball off, run the offense. Um, I think it would have been really, really good. And this is one mistake we've seen in the other side of the world, Matt Painter not bringing in guys, not bringing up the minutes, especially late in the season. When you have a game on cruise control, it is really okay to bring in some of those young guys and get reps. I would have liked to have seen all of the, the guys who are weapons off the field, the guys who are the ones, 
I mean, I, I even wanted to see Hartwig off the field. I wanted to get, keep everybody absolutely healthy. It's football. It's a rough game. Freak things happen. I mean, I've, I've got my TV on here. I've watched I did it in quad view on YouTube TV. And um, I saw two, two injuries that look like season in, uh, enders but since, we, since we started the, the post game here. So that's my whole point. And getting those guys minutes and reps is a big deal. Uh, Ed Albanese says, which games are a win for the rest of the schedule? Ed, you got to tune in to the Handsome Hour at 9 p.m. on Monday to hear me talk about that. That is going to be in-depth. That's the stuff you come for. That's the stuff you stay for. Um, there are, there, I'm telling you, there is a path, guys. There's a path. And, I, and I, I think this is, for me, this has been kind of already a bit of a roller coaster ride um, of the season. But, I, I mean, I think it's not a ridiculous path. That's the thing that's crazy. This is a tough schedule, but there are weak opponents on this tough schedule. Very, to quote Scott Frost, winnable games. Um, let's see. Yeah, Mark Garrity says, I'm not too scared of Iowa. If we play a solid game, I think we will be competitive, have a good chance to win. Greg Manis says, West Virginia had two nasty injuries. Yeah, they were rough. Um, Johan Treiner, did I miss that earlier? I said John earlier. Johan Treiner uh, says, uh, Mock has great explosiveness along with his change of direction, just take care of the ball. Yeah, his ability to change direction, his unorthodox style is huge. It's tough to defend. Um, and Tracy is such a different back. Tracy had a play today where I think he he was absolutely on a spin cycle. That was the one where he got injured, I think, actually. Where he spun two or three times um, and broke two or three tackles coming right up the gut, right into the second level. Pretty impressive stuff. A lot different. When Maccabee starts spinning, he's like, um, you know, the centrifugal force starts pulling his arms and legs out, right? Um, that's why the crazy legs nickname one of his thousand nicknames he seems uh come from and when tracy starts spinning it's like really tight and i'm like man if i spun one time i'd just throw up on the field um so it's probably better that i'm not a starting running back in a big 10 program um so that's about it let's see dylan how are you dylan uh says uh see updated backdrop looking good yes yes there thank you for noticing yes i updated the backdrop i know you've got a hell of a studio but this little guy, it's doing okay too. So, um, but thanks to everybody for tuning in live. Thanks to everybody for uh, listening on delay. Uh, Hope springs eternal. That is, that's a big win for you and for us as Purdue fans. And it shows a little bit of what was promised that this team does practice well. They do, they do have some in the, some juice in there. We're not seeing game day. We saw a little bit of the juice today. That second half. Mercy, that was good. So God bless you. Hammer down. Talk to you soon. Talk to you Monday at 9 p.m. Hope you can be here at the Handsome Hour. We'll see you.